my name is Lindy, and welcome to Life in Pieces. This is a podcast that takes an autobiographical view on my life and the little pieces that many may not know. It's March 2021. We are around the year mark of when this whole pandemic started. As I have had various conversations with friends this week, it's been very interesting to think about um, a year back or so and what we were doing and the life that we were all used to that was suddenly stopping and everything was coming to an end. It's interesting how many of us thought that this would really go on for, you know, a few months, maybe. Um, And here we are a year later and... You know, even though we can see the light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccine being distributed and such, we aren't there yet. We can't let our guard down yet. But crazy what can happen in a year's time. I saw a meme earlier this week that was, uh, that a, well, a friend and coworker sent to me. And they, it was like, happy, happy anniversary of two week lockdown. And you, you have to laugh because it's funny, but it's also very true. So this episode marks episode 10 for me, and I feel like it's worth a little shout out. I really wasn't sure if I would really continue after episode one. And after being injured and, you know, taking a month off over Christmas and whatever, I'm happy to say that I have been able to continue this and happy that it is reaching so many people. I really did not know what kind of reach I would have. And it's still growing, so it hasn't even reached its maximum potential at this point, which is awesome. But I am happy to continue this, and I am excited. It's more than I really could have even asked for. You know, but when I said towards the beginning of this project um, or podcast, it it still applies. You know, if I can help even just one person feel like they aren't alone in what they have experienced and been through, then this podcast is worth it. That's pretty much what it boils down to. So before I jump into today's topic, I wanted to chat about something that just happened this week as I want to give a shout out to people I don't even know. You may or may not know, but BYU is amongst several places in Utah that have a letter on the mountain. You can drive down I-15 in Utah um, from about Salt Lake, well, even even north of Salt Lake, but, you know, through Salt Lake, um, down into Utah County, um, down towards Provo, and keep going south, and you'll find several letters on the mountain. They represent different things, but BYU has one that sits just above campus, up on the mountain, and it's a Y, and oftentimes BYU is nicknamed the Y. So this letter Y sits on the mountain and every once in a while they'll light it up. I remember them lighting it around like beginning of a new school year. So homecoming time around um, graduation time, you know, I'm pretty sure that there was other various times that they would light it up throughout the year, but those were the main ones that I remembered. It's, it has a hiking trail next to it. You can hike right up to it. It's a tough hike. I've done it a couple of times, but it wasn't until after I graduated that I actually completed that hike. But there are public trails open around it. Uh, The Y itself is, I think, owned and maintained by the church and the university, but um, there are public trails around it. Anywho, 
so yeah, they, they will light this letter up every once in a while. Um, but this week, on Thursday, the Y appeared in rainbow colors. Which is so very odd, given ob the obvious stance that the Mormon church takes on LGBTQ stuff. Like that, you know, that's pretty obvious how the church feels about it. So apparently a group of LGBTQ BYU students, which I didn't even know there was a group on campus. I was, you know, very much in the closet when I was at BYU for obvious reasons. But apparently a group of LGBTQ BYU students decided to light the Y up in beautiful rainbow colors. And it was beautiful. The pictures I saw were beautiful. I give them props for having the courage to even do that. I don't know who BYU released it to, but it might have even just been on Twitter. But BYU did release a statement saying that they did not authorize the lighting of the Y with these rainbow colors, which should be pretty obvious, like I said, given how the church has repeatedly said how they feel about LGBT individuals and rights. But regardless of BYU not approving it, I give massive props to the group of students and say very well done. Seriously, great job. My only wish is that I could have been in Provo when it happened to see it for myself to see it for myself and with my own eyes. But the pictures I have seen were are awesome. They're beautiful. It's I love it. I want a poster of it. It is gorgeous. Way to stand up and stand out. Good job. So, I don't know who you are, but if you're listening, thank you. It was beautiful. Okay, so today's topic. This isn't something fun to talk about, but something necessary. And before I get into it, I do need to insert a trigger warning. This episode contains details of my own experiences with suicide, as well as some details um, and references to rape and sexual abuse. So if any of these topics are a trigger for you, I would suggest you stop here and skip the rest of this episode and I will see you on the next episode. I want to dig into suicide. I unfortunately know more people than I can count on one hand that have committed suicide and a hell of a lot more of people who've attempted it myself included. There are so many reasons that a person may consider it, but since I can only speak for myself, that is what this episode is going to focus on. I can think of three main points in my life where I was suicidal. The first was around the age of 10. The second was when I was in my young teenage years. So approximately ages like 14 to 16. So I guess that would be mid-teenage years. But I, w I was a teen. And the third was when I was in my second and third years at BYU. These are, these are parts and times in my life that I do not often talk about. Or, you know, dive into with details. Because it's hard to think about and really relive some of those own traumatic memories, you know, in my brain as I think about them. However... These are some of the driving moments that caused me to want to write a book in the first place, as well as what initiated this podcast. 
I know I'm not alone in the feelings and experiences I've had. And sharing them makes all of us feel a little less alone and a little less crazy, or at least, you know, it does for me. So let's start with the first time in my life that I felt like my only way out was suicide. I was around the age of 10, I think, 10 years old. I was knee deep in a shit storm of abuse, sexual abuse. It had been going on for years already, and I was nearing the point of, I literally cannot take it anymore. I remember journaling about wanting to die. I remember the empty, hollow feelings that no one loved me, that no one cared about me. And as a 10-year-old, all I could think was, why me? At this point, I will say I I did not attempt suicide at this point, um, but the feelings of wanting to end it all were strong and deep. And I was rapidly gaining weight. I was angry all the time. I didn't know how to deal with how I was feeling. I felt I had nowhere to turn, no one to talk to. At the deepest point of these feelings, I was living in a tiny town in Pennsylvania. And there was an area of town that I frequented that was fairly close to my house, but it was near a cliff. There was, you know, kind of um, an area that overlooked the, the small town, small town below. And I contemplated throwing myself down it. I was in a very dark place and it lasted for quite some time because the abuse kept going on as well. Eventually, this shifted from being suicidal to, I don't want to say just, but to, to being very depressed, which, of course, has its own set of issues. So if you fast forward to my teen years, I was in high school. I was bullied. Part of it was because of my weight. I was a large kid. You know, I, I didn't used to be, but after years of abuse, I became super overweight. I used food as something to make me feel better, and I became super overweight. Uh, part of the bullying was because I was one of only five or so Mormons in my high school, and I stood out like a sore thumb. And then, of course, part of it was because a handful of those Mormons in my high school, a couple of them were some of the kids bullying me and harassing me and giving me a hard time. You know, I couldn't escape it. I was getting harassed and teased at school. I was getting tormented at church. All during a time when I was already really starting to question the church and, you know, how I felt about it. But being a teen, couldn't do much about it. Again, at this point, I did not make an attempt at suicide, but the thoughts of ending my life consumed my most of my thoughts at that point. And one of the hardest things I remember is being confronted about my suicidal, you know, threats. I was so deep into it, I did not even realize some of what I was doing until I was confronted with it. So there was a situation, um, one, one particular situation that sticks out in my mind um, as I was you know, I was talking to this boy. He was not only in my high school, but he was one of the Mormon kids in my high school. And the conversation that we have leading up to this point, I do not remember the details of. 
And we really haven't talked since, since this incident. And honestly, I can't blame him. But I said something along the lines to him of, you know, date me, go out with me, or I'll kill myself. I can't even imagine what that caused for him. But it was not until I was confronted with it from my parents and his parents that I realized what I had said to him. I was oblivious because to me, this was just an everyday thought. Nothing unique. You know, but I was doing real damage, not only to myself, but I to him, honestly. And even though I will definitely not call him out by name, I, I have to say how sorry I am to this person. I was in a dark place. And even though I don't want to make excuses, please know that I am sorry. You did not deserve that from me. So... When I was confronted with that, I, I kind of had to snap out of it. I, it brought to the forefront how deep into this thought pattern I really was. And being confronted with it like that did, did help snap me out of it. Um, I, I apologize that I did not apologize to him in the moment. But I, I don't, that probably wasn't the only situation like that. It's just the situation where his parents knew my parents and he told his parents and it came back to me. So in, in that regard, I am, I am grateful that he said something. But yeah, very dark time. So the third and final time that I would say I was very suicidal and ultimately did make an attempt at my life was in college while I was at BYU. I have talked about some of my experiences at BYU in previous episodes, so it may not come as too much of a shock that I felt alone, hurt, and angry while I was there. My first year out there sucked, and I was not happy, but I ultimately told myself that it was a temporary situation. I wouldn't be stuck out there forever. But that mindset changed when I got to my second year there. So during my second year, I was sexually assaulted. A guy, not a, not a student, but somebody that I had had a couple of dates with, took advantage of me. He hurt me and degraded me. This was an awful experience. Combined with what was already an awful day to day, it pushed me to my breaking point. Combine it with all the other vulnerable times in my life, and I was pretty much at my wit's end. I kept asking myself, why did this abuse assault, why did these abusive and assault, you know, assault situations keep happening to me? Was this my purpose in life? To be used and hurt and, you know, ultimately abused? So it was pretty early in the morning one Saturday and I got up and got in my car and took a drive. There are some very beautiful, gorgeous viewing areas in the canyons that surround Provo. So I decided I was going to go take a drive. And I did this often. This wasn't something that was unique. But this particular Saturday was. So I got up, got my car, and went for a drive. Now while I was, doing, while I was on this drive, the thought crossed my mind that I did not want to go back to my apartment. I did not want to go home. And by home, I mean like where my parents were back home. I didn't want to go anywhere. 
I wanted to disappear. And based on what was happening to me at the time, I felt no one would miss me at that point. I ended up driving one, uh, driving up one of the canyons um, that has an overlook spot. And it was early enough in the morning that I was really the only one up there. Didn't see any other cars, didn't see any people. I sat in my car for a good 20 minutes crying, just bawling my eyes out. I eventually got out of the car and sat on the edge of the mountain as there was a little ledge that, you know, you could sit on. I could dangle my feet and kind of look over the edge. And I actually did that quite often. It was a nice contemplative, you know, area, some place to clear my mind, look at the beautiful views, get away from the day to day. So that piece wasn't necessarily unique either. But so I was sitting on this ledge, contemplate, and honestly, all I could think about was throwing myself off the mountain. Instead, I got back in my car and continued to cry. And I was apparently oblivious to my surroundings um, because other people had started to show up. I mean, it was a Saturday morning. It was a common place to go. I didn't notice anybody. I was pretty much in my own zone. I, no one else mattered at that point. But like I said, I was so deep in my dark place, I didn't notice. Eventually, and I really don't know how much time had passed at this point, but I got back out of my car and I went back to the ledge where I could see down the mountain. I paced back and forth across that edge, whispering to myself, no more, no more, no more. Like I repeated that. I don't know how many times I stopped and I just let myself fall. I didn't get very far because there was a barrier I hadn't noticed. So I get up and frustrated and embarrassed, I get back into my car, drove down the mountain and went back to my apartment. So a few days later, I was taking a shower and, a, you know, attempted to cut myself. And at the time, I know it was a hope that it would end the pain and ultimately end my life. And looking back on it now, I don't think I was ever going to be able to cut myself, at least not deep enough to damage or take my life. But I know that that was my goal at the time. And when my attempt failed, I, I felt like I had no safe place to go. I definitely couldn't go to anyone on campus. Definitely couldn't go to any church leaders or my roommates. So let's just say it was a good thing I already had a therapist. I had some hard work ahead of me at that point though. Uh, I was in a very dark hole of depression and anger. I was hurt. I was abused. I felt alone. I do remember calling a suicide prevention hotline at one point because I needed some help. Knowing how bad of a mental state I was in then and where I have gotten myself to today, it just, it didn't just happen overnight and it was a lot of hard work. And to this day, I still find myself using those same techniques that I learned to get myself through that time to get myself through tough times now. I mean, they're not near as bad as they were, but partly because I have this podcast. 
I have worked through those demons and have really started to embrace what makes me, me. And it took me years to do that. Those times really did help me realize how strong I am. And I was, I had, I had moments of weakness. I just laid them out there for you. You know, and I never, I, I really wish that I never had had to deal with it. But the fact of the matter is, is that I did. I think it has ultimately made me stronger. And I do not want to go back to those time periods of my life where I felt this way. But I am stronger now. And let me just put this out there. If you are in a dark place, if you're struggling, there are people who can help. There are resources for you. And you are strong and you can do this. You may have to reach outside of your comfort bubble a little bit. But there are ways to get through those, those dark feelings. It just takes some really hard work. Whew. So that was, a, that, was a, that was a tough topic. I am sitting here as I record this, just kind of deep with emotion. And hopeful that if there's anyone out there struggling, that they can really use this episode and use these words and my own experiences and having survived them to know that they aren't alone. And knowing that you aren't alone is a huge step in the right direction. So that is all I have for you today. I don't think I want to get any deeper. That was pretty rough. Um, that's, that's a very vulnerable place to be. But thank you for tuning in. My name is Lindy. This is Life in Pieces. Until next time.